Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Herbert, your host, and with me is none other than Mr. Brandon Noway. How you doing today, Brandon? I'm actually really good, Mark. How are you? I am having the time of my life, man. <laughs> We're looking here, and what, what are we? Are we 40 games into the season? I think so. It seems like it's been a long season already. I mean, that's two-thirds of what of last season, right? We had 60 games, and so we're over 40 games at this point. We're two-thirds into the 2020 season. Or uh, we can be 25% into the 2020 season. <laughs> 25% does sound a little bit better, but 40% sounds like a whole lot quicker. So at what point can we stop saying it's too early to say anything about what's going to happen with these teams? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I've been saying Memorial Day, and that's what, um, about a week or so away? Yeah. So maybe then? Somewhere between then and All-Star Game, I say, is when you can really judge your team. All right, so so maybe when we get to a third, we can start to you know, look a little bit closer. There's been so many things going on. I mean, different players moving. We're looking at injuries. We're looking at some records being set and some very, very exciting plays. So... We'll cover some of that today, and we're going to talk what? Who we who are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about Otani, uh, Shane Bieber. Let's see who else do we have on the on the menu. Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, of course. Be looking at that. Looking at the Halos, Angels, whatever you want to call them, the California, Los Angeles, Anaheim, those guys, and what's happening with them. And also, we're going to be talking about no hitters. And who thought we'd be talking about the Tigers and Mariners at all? I mean, I didn't. I don't, and I don't even think Tigers and Mariners fans thought we would. Let's talk about Mr. Otani and what he's been achieving with the Angels. Man, what, what, how many home runs does he have now? Uh, he has 14, which is actually the lead in Major League Baseball. Damn. Yeah, I see. He's what? He hit his third homer and said as many games, fourth and five. And Zach Plesak was probably sure it was happy to go ahead and contribute <laughs> one more home run to, to Otani's record. It looks like he hit it 440 feet straight away back to the center at 101, oh no, 111.9 miles per hour. Oh, let, let's just go say 112. We'll give him that point one. <laughs> I have a question, maybe a bit of a homework assignment, but when was the last time a pitcher led the league in homers? I don't know, but that, that is one we should probably pick up. So that is our homework assignment for the week. And folks at home, if you wish to go ahead and send us something, remember you can reach Brandon at SportsBlitzPod on Twitter and myself, Mark, at the Baseball Biz on Twitter. So send us your homework answers to us, and we'd be happy to share them with everybody. But let's talk about that again, because we're talking about the pitcher. We were kidding around a little bit about the Tigers and Mariners. But last night... Spencer Turnbull turned things around, and he's got, he scored what? That's the fifth no-hitter of the year. I was going to say, that's correct, even though it should be six, but, you know, five is still a lot. Well, why, would, why should it be six? Because, I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago, Bumgarner had a no-hitter, and for some reason they don't want to count it. Yeah, that was insane. Come on now. This is a special note to Rob Manfred. Hey, Rob, help us out here, guy. You know, if we're going to have double headers and we're going to call them as complete games, when a guy keeps a no-hitter after seven innings and there's no more innings to play, it's a no-hitter. 
So yeah, we 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 would be six no hitters, but put a little asterisk on it if you want, but it should be there. So there's ten games this season. Says I'm looking here at ESPN report in which a pitcher took a no hitter into at least the seventh inning, and that comes from ESPN's ESPN stats and information research. So Seattle is just the fifth team since 1900 to be a no hit twice in one month. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Not something on the books that you want to hold up to the fans and say, look what we've done. We've done two of these in one month. Hey, at least they accomplished something. It wasn't good, but it's an accomplishment. Yeah, well, it's it's an accomplishment I think a lot of folks would just soon not have. Let's see. see. Five no-hitters through May 18th. That's a record tied with 1917 for the most through that date in a, count, in a single season. So you got to look back all the way to 1917 where you're going to find a season where you have five no-hitters this early in the season. That is huge. And I'm curious, what do you think is really leading to all these no-hitters? Is it that deadening of the ball or is it you know, launch angle, trying to hit a homer every time or like a mix? What is it? I, I got to believe that. I, and one of the things that you and I should just take a whole show just looking at at the stats of what's happening comparing 2019 with 2021 you know the deadening of the ball uh are, are there less home runs you know it it's otani doesn't seem to be bothering him <laughs> but but i i think that's the case but it also seems like there's more strikeouts we'll, we'll talk about garrett cole and Sharon and shane bieber in a minute but that's there's those are a couple of things i don't know i i, I truly believe that the deadening of the ball has to be it. I mean, granted, it's the most obvious and, and first conclusion I can come up with, but it would be interesting to dig a little deeper. Is there, is there something, are the pitchers pitching change-ups more, fastballs? What's what's happening if we look across? I mean, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about DeGrom, and the speed of his fastball has increased. I don't know. We'll have to make it a special uh, special episode. Man, we're just handing out homework assignments. That's right, everybody. Just once again, just remember, <laughs> you can reach Brandon at SportsBlitzPod and Mark at the Baseball Biz on Twitter. Oh, gosh. Are we plugged enough? I don't even think so. <laughs> All right. Let's, Never enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about uh, you had Shane Bieber's on the menu. What's going on with there? Yeah, Shane Bieber. He had a streak of consecutive games with at least eight strikeouts. And he took that into Sunday at 20, and that came to an end. And that set an MLB record for consecutive games with eight strikeouts. He moved past guys like Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez to set that record. And he still has a record that can be set, even though he still has a ways to go. Because he had consecutive, he had seven consecutive strikeouts on Sunday. His streak of seven is still going. And that's at 22. He tied Randy Johnson's streak of 22 consecutive games, but he still trails Randy Johnson's streak of 34 straight starts. So <laughs> he has a bit of a way to go, but hey, let's see if he can do it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Let's keep your eyes on Shane Bieber with that. You know, of course, as much as as Randy Johnson had uh, achieved, wasn't one of his most uh, memorable moments in history between him and a dove and a batter? Oh. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe I shouldn't recall it. If you're interested, it's it's kind of a sad and 
thing where Randy Johnson was making a pitch and a dove flew between his ball and the batter and poof, explosion of feathers. It was quite the sight, but kind of dark, too. Uh, it is. And, and I don't know that there's really any record on number of birds hit anywhere in baseball. So, anyway. Okay, well, that's, that's exciting about Shane Beavers. I, I hope that he's able to continue with that. But uh, try to remember Randy for a little bit more than what I just threw out there. He's got a great record. <laughs> and, you know, <clears throat> pardon me. There's a lot you can find him on, on YouTube, some of what he was able to achieve. It's exciting stuff. But while, as long as we're talking about pitchers, let's talk about the guy, the one everybody hates to face, and that's the Yankees' Garrett Cole. You know, he has been just outstanding with not only the number of strikeouts that he's achieved, but how many he's done without a walk. Garrett Cole has had 61 strikeouts before he had his next walk. 61, count it. That's a heck of a ratio, and it's 61 to 1. Yeah, that is, and that's something you don't really think of happening because, I mean, with all the homers recently that's gone up, pitchers have, you know, tend to have been a little bit more careful and wouldn't throw it in the strike zone as much. And, you know, he has such good stuff, he could probably throw stuff. And he throws stuff that is good enough to where it can be out of the zone, and it'll just fool guys into swinging and missing. So that definitely helps. And, and I mean, that just shows why he's the best pitcher in baseball and has been the past couple of years and will be for the next few years as well. So that's money well spent by the Yankees. Well, well, there's no doubt. I mean, I'm looking at some of the stuff here. It says, uh, let's see, thus far for the entire season, Cole has had 85 strikeouts and five walks in 57 and two-thirds innings. Yeah, so Cole has had 85 strikeouts and five walks thus far in the season. You know, two of those walks came on Monday – as Cole allowed a season-high five runs in five innings pitched. Oh, that had to hurt. Now, the Rangers wound up defeating the Yankees 5-2, and that dropped Cole's record to 5-2, and two. interestingly enough, and raised his ERA to 2.03. But Garrett Cole is a phenomenon, and any chance I get to watch him, I do. Yeah, we get plenty of chances to watch him. Seems like he pitches every series against the race. <laughs> oh, yeah. If it's in the AL East, he's going to be there. So whether it's at the Trop. And, and by the way, the let's see. They actually they won the series, didn't they, against the Rays this last meeting at the Trop, didn't they? Uh, yes. And I think that broke some kind of nasty record on top of them. I think it had been several years. I say several. At least a couple of years since they had won a series there. So. Congratulations, Jake. Congratulations, Yankees. Sorry, kind of. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's see. Oh, and, you know, we're looking at home runs. Tell, oh, t- tell, them, uh, tell us about the story on, on Drew Robinson. Yeah, it happened about a week ago, and you may have heard it by now, but it's still a really good story, and Jeff Passan wrote an article on ESPN about it, and I'll leave a link to it on my Twitter, at SportsBlitzPod, in case you haven't heard it already. But what makes it so special is, you know, it's just a home run. We see him all the time now. But he has one eye, and he only has one because just over a year ago he attempted suicide. And kind of the ironic part, but not so ironic, is he was with the team in Las Vegas at the time, and he is now with 
the Giants AAA affiliate, the Sacramento Rivercats. And when he found out he made the roster, he looked at the schedule and he saw that their first game that they were playing was in Vegas. And that stadium is about two miles from where he lived at the time where he attempted to take his own life. Oh my and gosh. It's a really great article to read. He talks about you know his struggles where he gets like really down on himself. He, if he just hits a ground ball out, he curses himself out as he's running down the baseline for failing. And he also talks about his games back where he's adjusting to having to play with one eye where he had a line drive hit his way and he was kind of worried because his mind was racing because he was afraid it would roll past him and go to the wall and nobody would really look at the good side of him going out there playing with one eye, which was a miracle in itself. But they would just look at it as, oh, that guy shouldn't be out there. He has one eye. But he ended up making a diving play on that catch. And I believe it was either later in that game or just before. He actually hit his first home run back. And it was in front of his family and friends. Oh, and I believe it was, I believe it was even in front of one of the surgeons who he said helped save his life. So <laughs> oh, that's a great story to read. Definitely give it give it a read. That's encouraging. You know, I mean, there's so many things that were... Uh, and stories that are not uplifting and things that are sad. But obviously this young man has taken himself back, you know, and and I'm glad he was able to celebrate that achievement with family and, and the surgeon. That's That says a lot for him, and I wish him continued success. All right, now, uh, on another note, a guy that was DFA'd a week ago, a legend, Mr. Pujols, you know, the, the Halo said, we've had enough of you. We're DFAing you. And lo and behold, he made sure that they understood his value because he wound up becoming a Dodger. Bye-bye, Angels. Hello, Dodgers. I just want to stay close to you guys so I can show you what I can achieve. <laughs> I think that's that must have been on Pujols' mind. It could have been, or he could have been thinking, hey, I, I don't feel like moving all my stuff again. We're just going to stay here and sign with the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, well, he he's back. You know, I don't think he's going to be playoff material, but, you know, who knows? I mean, he, he's not the Albert Pujols of the past, but he's certainly still a great talent. Yeah, I'd love to see, you know, one more run of, you know, St. Louis Pujols, where he's just the best player in baseball, one of the best runs we've ever seen in sports. But I, I unfortunately don't think it's going to happen just because of the role that he's going to play. Yeah, you and I both were talking last week about him being maybe more like a bench coach or a mentor for a lot of plays, people like uh, even you know Mr. Trout. But before we go on to any other things with the Angels, let's take a look at Yerman Mercedes, man. Him and uh, the White Sox and Coach La Russa, you know. <laughs> And, un- and unwritten rules, right? Yeah, more of those those darn unwritten rules, whatever they are. I mean, you and I have complained about unwritten rules in the past, thinking they always favor the offense. It's usually something where you're reprimanding somebody for doing something that's actually going to hurt the offense, which I think is just prima donna stuff, if you ask me, and a little bit too antiquated traditional attitude. But but tell us a little bit about what happened with Yerman. Yeah, it was late in the game. I, I believe it was the ninth inning, and the White Sox were in Minnesota taking on the Twins. And they were up 15-4, to four, 
and the Twins put in a position player, Williams Ostadio. I believe that's how you say it. And the count was 3-0, and apparently Larusa gave him the take signal, and Mercedes either just didn't see it or ignored it. But the the pitcher, as in quotation marks, threw a meatball <laughs> down the middle of the plate, a firing forty seven miles an hour, and Mercedes swung and he hit a homer off of it, and that just upset some people, and nobody seemed more upset than his own manager Tony Larusa. And in a press conference, this comes from ESPN. Larusa said on Tuesday. Quote, big mistake. The fact that he's a rookie and excited explains why he was just clueless, but now he's got a clue. I was upset because that's not a time to swing 3-0. I knew the Twins knew I was upset. He missed a 3-0 take sign. With that kind of lead, that's just sportsmanship and respect for your opponent. And he also went on to say, I don't want to ever give the other team an excuse to take a shot at one of our players. We were taught from day one to respect the game, respect the competition, and respect the opponent. And that's kind of ironic because I apologize if it's coming across as disrespectful, but didn't a couple months ago Larusa pull the "Do you know who I am?" card? Here's my World Series oh. ring to try to oh, get out of a gosh. DUI. So I don't know. That's not very respectful. Yeah, I don't know that either one of us are candidates for sainthood, but I try not to talk out of both sides of my mouth. At least. Not too frequently, and not uh, in such close proximity to one another. But LaRusse's attitude, maybe that's traditional, because once upon a time, it was it was okay to get drunk and be, be out there on the road. I mean, I mean, about 50, 60, 70 years ago, which is probably when he was turned 21. But, uh, yeah. Him and Dusty Baker. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Do you know how old he is? Oh, is that a question? Asked often. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the thing of it is, La Russa, too, is like, that's a traditional old attitude. And, you know, he's coming back in the game after being out for a few years. And La Russa, I mean, so much so that he's out of touch, that when they were playing a extra innings game recently, he didn't realize he was supposed to have a man on second to start the inning with. And it's like, Let's get you up to date with what the game is about today, okay? So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not surprised in his attitude at all, but I'm disappointed. I'm glad the White Sox are doing so great. You know, maybe that's a testament to him or the team or weakness of the league. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, he's – I wish him well. Dust, Dusty Baker really surprised a lot of people with what he's done with the Astros. Larusa maybe he will too, but I think he needs to be a little bit more open-minded. I mean, let's see. I was looking around. To, oh, well, here's the surprise. Trevor Barr had something to say about it too, didn't he? Says, he did. Uh, let's oh, what's the, what's the tweet? Oh, dear hitters, if you hit a 3-0 homer off me, I will not consider it a crime. Dear hitters, if you hit a 3-0 homer off me, I will not consider it a crime. Dear people who are still mad about a hitter hitting – Kindly get out of the game. Can't believe we're still talking about three to O swings. If you don't like it, managers or pitchers, just be better. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. It, it reminds me of the present. What's he saying? Build, build back better. Well, build, build players better too. If you need somebody to do better than that, 
there shouldn't be pitch what picking somebody deep from the bench pitching 47 miles per hour yeah and i i don't really understand i mean me personally i think it's more disrespectful to just go up and stand there in the box and just run the clock out so to speak and not even try that's more disrespectful to me because they they don't take us seriously that's the way i would take it and mercedes actually did was asked about it and he had a response if you would like to hear it i would love to hear it yeah he was asked after the game and he said quote i'm going to play my game i can't be another person if i change everything is going to change and larusa heard that as well and he responded saying I heard he said something like, I play my game. No, he doesn't. He plays a game of Major League Baseball. <laughs> respect the game, respect the opponents, and he's got to respect the take sign. Oh. I mean, I mean, I understand like what LaRusa is saying with the take sign. I, I can understand you know, being upset about that. But the Homer thing, I think, is a bit of an overreaction. And when he's saying, I'm going to play my game, he's talking about the way he plays the game, like his style. And... You know, that's maybe just something, you know, where it's the age difference. LaRusa doesn't really understand what it means. It's sort of like the, hey, where I say, hey, I'm going to do what I do. You know, you do you. That's kind of what he's saying. Here's the thing. I mean, it's absolutely crazy to say, okay, LaRusa, you're stuck in another era. Uh, Okay, I know we want to end the game, too. For the fans, I think what you're saying about respect is important, too. While you're respecting the game by playing the best game you can play, by doing the best as players you can be. The, the whole idea of holding off on a 3-0 pitch, that's Little League, okay? That's the sort of, you want to respect the other team, go ahead and respect them at that level with Little Leagues. You want a mercy rule? Hey, just go out there with the other manager, hold your hands up and say, we surrender. But, no, no, I mean, like I said, the, I'm looking at, uh, let's see, Ryan McGuffey, he tweets, and I think he does a lot of content for the White Sox, and he's, He quoted Lance Lynn. He said, Lance Lynn on unwritten rules. If a position player is on the mound, there are no rules. (laughs) Let's get the damn game over with. And if you have a problem with whatever happened, then put a pitcher out there. All right, Lance Lynn. I think that says it, man, too. Yeah, and another pitcher saying that is pretty much stupid. And the Twins, they responded because they put out reliever Tyler Duffy on Tuesday, and he threw behind Mercedes back on on Tuesday that led to him and manager Rocco Baldelli to be ejected. So, so much for as LaRusa says, respect the game, respect the competition, respect the opponent. Exactly. And, and you know, the thing that really burns my butter on that, Brandon is, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> the, the thing that really burns my butter is, uh, Mr. LaRusa, his response. I was, again, Mr. Ryan McGuffey tweeted, TLR, meaning Mr. Larusa, says, I don't have a problem with how the twins handled it in regards to Duffy throwing at German Mercedes. What? What? I mean, this goes what you were just saying. You can't have it both ways. If you're going to say that there should be some polite nature and respect for one another, throwing at an individual and throwing him back behind her head, that is not it. That should never, ever, ever, ever be acceptable. And if you're going to compare that to somebody hitting it 3-0, and there is no comparison. One's a crime as far as I'm concerned. You're, you're almost trying to kill somebody. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't understand throwing at people. At least they didn't throw at him. I'll I'll give them, you know, kudos for that. They threw it behind him, but still, why throw at a guy? That doesn't do anything. Pitch him inside, maybe throw fastballs in a couple times. Just say, hey, I'm not happy with you. But don't, like, throw at the dude or throw behind him. Everybody gets upset about that. It's a dangerous game, and some of that is accepted by anybody who comes up to the plate. But, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't have it both ways. This attitude, like I said, to me is saying, yes, it's little leaguers. Let's go ahead and treat them like little leaguers. Go ahead, and everybody gets a trophy at the end of the year, too. No, 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 no. The lowest paid player in Major League Baseball is making about half a million dollars or more. <laughs> so step up. And to the owners, you step up. Make sure you have players who can play the game out there. Make sure you have a couple of position players. If you need to put them up there, they can do it. I remember years ago with the Rays, we dug out all the way to our catcher with Jesus Sucre coming up. And it was an ugly, 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 ugly game. But you know what? Those things happen. You have to endure it, and they're part of the history. Move on. Yeah, you, you got to – you do what you have to do. That's pretty much why that saying is there. And you, you never know what could happen because look at the Patriots. I know it's not baseball-related, but they lost Drew Bledsoe. And guess who was their backup? Tom Brady. So you never know what can happen. Oh, well, well, it, it's – you know, all I can say the White Sox is – Mr. LaRusso, wake up, understand the year, and get rid of some of those attitudes where it's okay to throw at somebody and be open to the, the energy that a young player can bring to the game. It, you know, it may seem disrespectful to a player, but guess what? The respect comes from everybody being out there and being a great professional and bringing all of it to the, to the field. Yeah, and most guys seem to not care, but they just – Every other sport, it seems like they're more disrespected by you basically giving up and taking it easy yes. on them. But baseball, it's kind of like, oh, you're still going? That offends me. I'm going to throw at you. <laughs> Gosh. Well, uh, you, you know, I'm looking at similar situations, not so much throwing it ahead. But here's – now, can you imagine these words coming out of the mouth of Tony LaRusso? Looking to put any restraints, that would be insane. The way his play is, the electricity, he plays the game right. He's passionate. He works. He's loved by teammates and the staff. Those are all qualities we would never restrain. You know where that came from? I don't. It seems like it would come from, oh, man, I don't know who it would come from, to be honest. Not Tony LaRusso's mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably he was the first one I crossed yeah, off. Yeah, well, you're right there. It was from last August, 2020. And you remember young Mr. Tatis Jr. coming up there and swinging at a 3 0. Uh, got a lot of shade for that man. And even Tingler, those are his words about Tatis. But he was also, uh, I think, a little hesitant to, to embrace all that. Yeah, I remember we talked about this. And you can go back and listen to that. But. I mean, Tingler is one of my favorite managers just because of his name, and I was kind of, kind of tough on him. Yeah, because you know, it, and that's what it was. But the I don't think he actually forced Tatis Jr. to come out and apologize, but he did. And and Trevor Barr, <laughs> boy, we, we thank you for all the material, Trevor. Trevor Barr came out then on the, let's see, August eighteenth, twenty twenty. His tweet said, "Hey, Tatis Jr., listen up. 
Keep swinging 3-0 if you want to, no matter what the game situation is. Keep hitting homers, no matter what the situation is. Keep bringing energy and flash to baseball and making it fun. The only thing you did wrong was apologize. Stop that. (laughs) Once again, coming from a pitcher. Yeah, exactly. So come on, boys and girls. You know, but it's, uh, and I think Tingler went on and said, well, I'm I'm happy the 21-year-old missed a sign there and opened up the game. I'm glad he missed one, but he was also going on and talking about, we had a little bit of a comfortable lead. We're not trying to run up the score or anything like that. And it's not about running up the score. It's about playing the game. It's not about sliding back and saying, I'm not going to do that. And talking about sliding, Tingler, Tingler had a similar issue with Machado this past week. But Mr. Manny Machado, you know, one of my favorites. He's talking about giving up. Used to worry about him being able to put any hustle running to first. <laughs> but uh, let's see what happened with him. They were playing the Cardinals. And Machado was running bases. And I think he was actually trying to run an intercept to a double play by sliding into one of the other players. He's also been a little aggressive out on the bases. I've always thought he's been a little cleat happy too, but he had a little incident on with the Cardinals today. Brandon, you want to kind of go into that? Yeah, I mean, looking at the play, I could see why people were upset. I personally didn't think it was like as horrible as many people made it out to be. We've seen way worse where I believe it was Utley who just said forget the bag and he slid basically right through a guy's knees and ended his season. I think it was actually Pejoria who he did it to. It, that kind of led to the end of his career. And even about 20, 25 years ago, I don't remember who it was, but he played for the Indians or it was a ground ball at the second baseman and he was close to the base path. And the runner just basically put his shoulder down and ran right through him. So we've seen worse. And I can see why people are upset just because it, He's rolling into a guy's legs, and because it's Machado, who does have a history of doing dirty things, I don't don't think it was that bad. It could have been worse. I mean, he got up and, you know, talked to the dude, looked like he was asking if he was okay, and then they kind of just went their separate ways. So I I don't think it's as big of a deal as people think it is. Yeah, I think uh, I'd have to agree with you. As much as I like to throw shade at Machado myself, I think in this instance it's okay. I mean, well— I think it wasn't the great travesty that some people try to make it out to. You know, Buck Showalter, was he He was a manager years ago, and he's been a commentator recently. He says, look at it like home plate. The guy has the baseball. He's standing in your path through the plate, and you're supposed to just give yourself up instead of trying to evade the tag or keep the play from happening. If you take the bag out of play, what's the difference in sliding in the baseline halfway down or at the bag? You're trying to evade the tag. You know, as Showwater went on to say, you know, he said, I've, I've taught my folks. I've taught them how to defend against slats like Machado's. So, you know, it, it's not unique. And uh, like I said, I, I'm not always Machado's biggest fan, but I, I don't think he deserves really any criticism for this. I think it's something people need to be safe about, but because I don't want to see people getting cleats, cleated or, or injured. Hmm. Anyway, let's see. Oh, let's take a look at the MLB Power Rankings. Hey, Brandon, I know you and I have been looking at the Power Rankings through each week. 
And what do we say each week? It's too early. At least that's what I say. That's it. It's too early, man. It's too early. But MLB, that doesn't keep them from going ahead and assembling power rankings each week. There were some surprises at the beginning. And it was interesting to see who's staying up at the top or not. I'm looking here from MLB. There's actually a couple of different ones. But the one I'm looking from MLB shows this. It says the top of power rankings, they've got a couple worked up from the bottom at least. Number 10, Blue Jays. Number nine, Oakland A's, the team that wants to be moved somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Number eight, the St. Louis Cardinals. Number seven, the Yankees. Boy, I bet they weren't looking to be below the top five. Uh, the San Francisco Giants. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with them this year. I think they're still leading their division. I'm not sure. Let's see. The Padres, they're number five. Number four, the Astros. Number three, last year's uh, World Series winners, the Dodgers. Number two, the Red Sox. I think they've dropped one. And number one, Mr. Tony La Russa, you can beat your chest and say we're number one in the power rankings this week, the White Sox. <laughs> and they do that really quietly, too, because you never, you don't seem to hear very much about them. And I, I, I haven't watched a game with them because I can't find them on TV. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find something on YouTube. I'm not, not unlike you, have had some difficulty. If we kind of run down the other 30 teams, we're seeing the Mets, uh, they're number 11. Indians, 12. Indians, not Indians. Cleveland, the Cleveland team like the Washington team, okay? The Cleveland baseball team. Thank you. The Cleveland baseball team is number 12. The Rays at lucky 13. Brewers at 14. Braves at 15. Phillies, let's see, they're 16 this week. Reds are 17, hold the same position as last week. Cups have moved up a couple of positions. They're number 20. The Marlins are, no, no, I'm sorry, they're, they're number 18. They were 20. The Marlins, they're number 19. The Angels and their Halos are number 20. Mariners, Royals, Twins, Diamondbacks, Nationals, Rangers, and let's see, the last four are Orioles, Pirates, Rockies, and Tigers. So number 30, <laughs> Tigers. And yet here they are, one of the ones contributing to no-hitter of the day. So I don't know. We'll see. That's going to propel them up the rankings. That <laughs> could be. But in all this, I mean, we're looking at these teams. And we all, as fans, we, we know and love our players. We love our teams, and it doesn't mean we get to keep them. If you look all the way back to the Brooklyn Dodgers, I mean, there's a lot of other ones that, that have just moved. The uh, Rays here, here in Tampa, we don't anticipate having them was the past, what, a few more years. They'll be shared with our good Ugh. friends up in Yeah, I know. Gosh. Oh, we could do a show <laughs> yeah. on that, though. Yeah, we'll do a race <laughs> show on how we're just choking on the whole idea of it as fans. I don't know. So now we're talking about the Oakland A's. Here they are. They're listed as number nine in the power rankings. Well, let's take a look at their attendance. They're being pushed to – it's one of those things. We're going to relocate unless you build us a new stadium. It's got to be state-of-the-art, and you have to consider things in the future. So we got to have a special budget for, for uh, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll have some lasers out there, you know, measuring everything that's going on in the outfield and – holographic designs of what's going on on the field. So let's make sure we put that in the budget too. 
Speaking of holographics, I think it was the Bengals I heard about a week or so ago. They actually have it in their contract with the county or the city, whichever it is, that when it, if, when or if it becomes available, the county has to pay for an in-stadium holographic replay system. <laughs> Does it get any crazier than that? Well, I mean, it could get crazy. You have a bunch of billionaires not wanting to pay for a stadium that they'll make all the money off of. Oh, we've talked about that before. I mean, if any other business, if, if you ask the uh, the local folks to go ahead and put up money for something new, that that's it ain't going to happen. Yeah, okay. You you want to build a uh, a new Amazon thing out here? Yeah, we'll be glad to help pay for that. We wind up doing that too, in some sense, where we give them a break on maybe some taxes and some things, but we're not actually giving it. Here's a billion dollars for you to build a facility, and that's kind of the thing that they're asking. I mean, that's what's been happening. That's what happened here in Tampa Bay. Stu said, I'll put up a small amount here, maybe 10%, and you guys pick up everything else. Ah, ah, ain't going to happen. And I really feel bad for Oakland because they've just been punched in the the gut so many times (laughs) because the Warriors, they go on a historic run. Guess what the reward is for the fans? We're moving to San Francisco. Come across the bay and watch our games. The Raiders, yeah. they're one of the most loyal, diehard fan bases in the NFL in all the sports. Guess what their reward is? We're moving to Las Vegas because they're going to pay a billion dollars for our brand new stadium, which is really cool, by the way. I want to go out there and see it. <laughs> and now they could lose the A's, so I-, I feel bad for them. They don't deserve to lose their team. They're one of those communities that deserves to have their team stay there. But unfortunately, money and politics will come down to it. And ruin everything like it usually does. And I, d- I definitely have to agree with you on that, Brandon. That, that is absolutely the case. Hey, um, well, you know, we've talked even about expanding teams, uh, expanding the Major League Baseball above and beyond 30 teams. And say, you know, right now we're having trouble keeping the ones we have. But if you were going to expand or if you were going to move the A's, think of a couple of cities that, that come to mind. Who would you like to move it to? Where would you move your team? Ooh. I mean, I think I think Tennessee could be a good option. I mean, especially if it's close to downtown with, you know, Broadway, all those bars, that could be a really fun place to have a game, especially in the summertime. Charlotte could be a good city. That's growing. I know a lot of people have thrown that out there as well. Yeah, Charlotte, I was looking earlier today, their, uh, their population is like 2.4 million, and that puts them at 32nd uh, across the... America's continent, by that I mean Canada and Mexico as well. And I've thought about Nashville as well. You know, we, the Rays, we actually have a team just north of there at Bowling Green. And let's see, you know, one I thought about, because if you're going to do Canada, if you're going to go ahead and have Montreal, do we go ahead and put one on the other side of the continent in Vancouver? Vancouver could be pretty neat. They're about two and a half million population there too. Hey, I'd love to play in Vancouver. I mean, from what I've seen, it's a beautiful city. It seems really cool. They love their the Canucks up there. So I think it could be pretty fun. Don't know how they'll do it baseball, but I'd move there just to say I live in Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver's a beautiful place. I've visited there once or twice, and it's 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 amazing. It's, it's gorgeous. But the thing I was thinking about also is on the other side of the coast is that we're closer to, you know, like – 
other Asian countries. Recently, the Rays DFA'd Yoshisugo, Yoshi Susugo, and I thought he's he went ahead and uh, is now with the, the Dodgers. And I have to wonder, as far as players coming over here, can you imagine, wouldn't you want to sign with a team that's closer to home instead of having to go all the way across the continent of, of the, you know, the United States and then get a hop and a skip over to to, uh, to Japan or someplace like that? Ooh, I got a good one. I, I'm surprised it doesn't come up more. But how about like San Juan? I think that would be an awesome place to have a baseball team. Well, yeah. and I, I mean, you think about it. We have been very fortunate here with Major League Baseball to get a lot of players who come from there or, or the Dominican Republic. Yeah, there's definitely a love of the game. And let's see, San Juan. On the list I have here, they've got uh, just a 2,196,538 is their population. And baseball is very, very important to those folks. I would, I would definitely say that. You know, even the Dominican Republic, you got Santo Domingo. I just don't know that there's an economic structure that would support it, but you're talking about 3.6 million people there. Yeah, it's not a big population, but, I mean, I'm pretty sure they'd be a loyal, rabid fan base. Yeah. Kind of like Raider fans. <laughs> well, that's all I'm looking at here as far as... Uh, Charlotte, I like that one. I even uh, Columbus could be a good one, I think, as well. Uh, but that's that's about it as far as ones I said. If I'm going to have a team somewhere else, where would I move it? I think that Vancouver would be there for me. I don't know about Phoenix. I really don't. Some people say, oh, let's put it there. Or, or Vegas. I'm, I'm tired of everything moving to Vegas. Yeah. I mean, it's cool what they have so far, but, I mean, they love their, their hockey team out there. I want to see how they do with the Raiders out there this year since they can. they've never had people in that stadium, I believe. So this year is going to be the first time that they actually have fans there. It will be exciting to see. But as long as we're looking at the future, you know, one of the things we have to look at is what's going on right now and some of the pain and injury that the teams are feeling. 40 games into the season, you know, we're looking at, at Mike Trout. He's going to be out now for 68 weeks with a calf injury. Uh, I don't know how the Halos can take that one, buddy. I mean, you know, they got Otani, and Trout has been a, a, what, a major piece of that team. Yeah, I mean, Otani, he's been a one-man wrecking crew so far this year. I don't know how much more longer it can last, but, I mean, he's putting up an MVP type of season so far, offensively and pitching-wise, too. Outstanding. So, I don't know. I mean, they've depended on him for so many years and not been able to come up with any kind of title. Um, it had been him for so long, and Otani's been the only other thing keeping, to me, my interest in that team at all. Let's see who else on the injury report. Oh, I know G-Man Choi came back from the Rays. It was interesting to see him the first time out. The first game he came back, he, oh, I guess you could say, he had three out of four. He was up there. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Hit a home run last night, too. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I the one thing I remember back was in 2019 at uh, one of the championship games, and the chant for him and the trop was just amazing. It, it was 
your hearing just almost went away. It was G Man Joy, G Man Joy. Love that guy. But yeah, he's he's back. And oh my gosh, did you see the thing with Kevin Pillar? Ah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, yes, I did. That man. We talk about throwing at somebody in the head, and I don't think that I don't think that was the case here. But it goes to the danger of what can happen. Luckily, I think he was actually able to to walk away from it. But Kim Pilar, he got hit directly in the face. And man, his face was all bloody when he got up. Uh, he, he was saying something the other day, though, that he, he feels lucky. He's doing well after all, as well as can be expected. I thought, yeah, as well as can be expected. Got some nasal fractures and some other things. But you think about concussion when you hear in some teams, like in football, but can you imagine the concussion of a ball coming at you 90 miles an hour and hitting a smack dab right in the face? Oh, I mean, he's lucky he didn't hit him in the eye or anything, because that could have been really bad. And I saw a picture of him at a post-conference yesterday, and his nose, it was so swollen. I, I felt bad for the guy. We wish you well, Mr. Pilar, and uh, hope you're back soon. And please take care. Glad you're feeling lucky and feeling like things are going to be on the move. But not not so much uh, a injury. We also saw that the Yankees got hit by COVID the past week. And Glaber Torrey is supposed to return today, too. So we'll see how that goes as well. But talking about Yankees, you discovered something with uh, a documentary coming up on Derek Jeter. Yeah, there's going to be a sort of a last dance style version of for Derek Jeter, and it's going to be called The Captain. It's going to be a six-part documentary series for ESPN. And it'll talk about his career and his new journey as part owner and executive with the Marlins. It'll be directed by Randy Wilkins and executively produced by Spike Lee and Mike Tollin. Oh, wow. The Players' Tribune and MLB. And we don't know how much it's going to be influenced and edited by Jeter because we know the last dance was heavily edited by Jordan from what people are saying (laughs) and people are expecting it to be a little bit because Jeter he works with I believe he founded with the Players Tribune I believe he founded that so a lot of people are saying you know maybe that's kind of his way of maybe being manipulated a little bit but hopefully it doesn't even though you know he didn't really have anything controversial about his career but (laughs) It'd be interesting just to see. I'm looking forward to it. Is there a date that they're projecting when that might come out? Um, the only thing I've seen is in 22, so next year. I haven't seen a date or anything. So it's it's going from talking to probably notes, production notes, beginning production notes, how to get started. Well, that's exciting. I've always admired him and had the opportunity to watch him a couple of years ago at a spring training and – uh, a man from the sports network I knew got me seats where I was right up in the front row, and he was amazing to watch. It's, this may be too personal. I don't know if he'll put it in, but I want to know how he avoided so much controversy. Because you see all these athletes, celebrities, where they they have they date so many people, and he dated all these high profile women, and nobody has anything bad to say about him. It. I just want to know. How does that happen? Is he just that good of a guy? Because, I mean, he seems like he's a really good guy. I have to have that as well. But all this will be revealed in the Derek Cheater documentary coming out in 2022. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, <laughs> with that, do you have any parting words or any insights as we are still early in the season for the Major League Baseball? Anything you see upcoming or you think that our listeners should pay attention to? Hmm, I, I kind of want to see how Otani does now that it's, it's pretty much him left on the Angels. He doesn't have Trout to help him, so that'll be something to watch. Does Mercedes use the take sign and not swing on 3-0? and <laughs> So things like that. Yeah. The nice thing is Major League Baseball is keeping us entertained. There's a lot of interesting records coming out. I think it's some of the ones looking at more and more strikeouts. You know, is there a dead ball that's causing some of this? Will there be more no-hitters? I think we will. I think we'll see more no-hitters. I, I do. I, I want to reach out to some other folks, like I said, and see what they are thinking about this era. You know, is the dead ball actually making an impact? Is it better pitching? I don't know. But we'll find out. We'll cover this and more in future episodes of Baseball Biz. All right. Well, with that, I want to say thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And as always, you can find us here. Or you can find us on Google.podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and God knows where else. <laughs> We're there. Uh, Brandon, you can find him also at Sports Blitz Pod, and myself, Mark, at The Baseball Biz. We want to thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to talking with you again real soon. Special thanks to X Take RUX for the music rocking forward.